Hello, guys, and welcome to the Betfair Trading Community podcast. It's uh, Ryan Crovers again, and today I have Martin Futter with me from BTC. How are you doing, Martin? I'm good, Ryan. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm excited for this episode. So we've been powwowing me and you on this podcast now for the last, what, this is the fourth week? And this episode is all about the story of our first trade. Martin, can you even remember your first trade? Well, I don't know if I can remember my first trade specifically. Um, I remember I remember when I started on Betfair. So when I started on Betfair, I was 16 years old. So it's been <gasps> back 17 years now. Um, and I'm trying to think when would that have been. It would have been around 2003, 2004. Um, it was back in the day when you could get a debit card and just get on anything because the internet didn't really understand that you didn't have to be 18 to have a debit card and it couldn't really differentiate very well between debit cards and credit cards back in those days it was still very much a wild west kind of place the internet back then um you know you had these companies developing like betfair and ebay and amazon but they weren't the they weren't the global superpowers google as well they weren't the global superpowers they are today um and I remember the first sport I started to, to bet on, on Betfair, was tennis. Um, and I suppose I did, it, technically I did trade it because I would, I would sometimes trade out and things like that. But really my intention was I would research the day's tennis. I followed the tour quite a lot. I was really interested in the rise of Andy Murray at that time. Um, and I, I followed him throughout his career, watching so many of his games. Um, and I used to watch so much tennis on TV that um, I just kind of used my knowledge from that to place bets and, and look at the matchups each day and just basically bet on who I thought would win. Um, and I remember actually probably the first time I traded um, was what I used to do. And this was like just such a crazy way of, of trading. I never advise anyone to follow this. I used to just build my bankroll up and just keep basically betting the whole bankroll on each trade. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people start by doing this. So they put a little bit of money into Betfair, you know, maybe a hundred quid and you build it up and suddenly it gets to a grand, two grand, three grand. Um, and you're putting that all on one trade, which is absolutely, absolute insanity. Right. And when you look at it now back, with the experience I've got and the level of trader I am, I look back on that. And it's actually, I'm actually embarrassed that I used to do that, to be honest. I find it quite embarrassing because um, it's such a stupid thing to do. But hey, when you're 16, you don't always make the smartest choices in life. And uh, I guess that's an example of one. And then, so the first trade I remember, it was on a ladies tennis match. I can't remember the players. Um, 16 year old Martin watching ladies <laughs> tennis surprise I remember, I remember I backed I backed someone thinking they were going to win and then I checked and, and and back then to get the internet when I wasn't in my house because we didn't have the smartphone I mean it's amazing to remember our phones and the internet were just non-existent you mm. know you'd have these web pages that looked like they came from before the internet even existed that you'd sort of have to scroll up on and they take forever just to load the simplest of pages. So, you know, trying to bet on Betfair and things like that, and even trying to find out scores of things back then, you know, it was virtually impossible. 
It's Meshing. like text messaging, wasn't it? Do you remember oh, you used yeah. to like sign up to get text messages of scores? Yeah, exactly. There was, so, you know, there's all these different schemes because the internet was so rubbish. So what I used to do is I used to go into the into the Norwich Library, um, and I because that was the only place where I could really get good internet access outside of the house. Obviously, they weren't letting me on Betfair in school, <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I would go on Betfair and back then I don't know what it's like now maybe there's better protection but back then you could go on any site basically in the library as far as I don't know about porn I never actually checked that out but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a lot of dodgy looking youths in there um, if that was going on but yeah so I was I was trading on Betfair and I remember um, the player I backed was losing and I think the player who was winning was had gone into about 1.1 and, you know, I made I made the stupid mistake of thinking the match was over mm. um, and I cashed out. You know, I, I lost loads of money, but at least I got some money back. Right. And then the player originally back went on to win the match. Um, so I guess my first trade, you know, where I trade out of the market technically was what probably a lot of people's first trade was a panic trade to try and correct something that I thought was an error that actually, you know, I, in, I got right in the first place. You know, I picked the right player to win. I made the right trade. Um, I made the right bet. And then and then when I traded, I just made a massive mistake out of panic. And I talked a, a few weeks ago, actually, about how much panic affects markets and traders. And there's an example for me of how much that, that affected me and cost me a lot of money. And obviously, having stupid staking and, and bankroll management was that was the big call but ryan what was your first experience well so my first experience on betfair was i was in a bookies so i had a gap at university on a monday and i went to the bookies because one of the guys i was pally with like the roulette machines at the bookies and i was just like mate you are daft if you're gonna plow your money into that like you're just an idiot but i'll come with you because i always like the horses and um, yeah, I couldn't pick a, a winning horse for love nor money. So I'm there telling this guy he's stupid for losing money on the roulette as I'm there losing money on the horses, which is ironic, really. And uh, an old boy in the bookie said, oh, mate, you need Betfair. Because I literally was just, yeah, shouting, I can't, why can't I just back a loser? And he's like, you need Betfair, mate. You can lay horses. And I was like, what? You can lay all, what? You can pick a horse to lose? And if it loses, you win. And he was like, yeah, that's what you need, mate. You need Betfair. So I went home. I deposited my student loan into my Betfair account and I started laying horses. Do you know one thing? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer sort of my own question and then throw it back to you. But just looking back now, is there anything that you think you, you notice about sort of that first trade and that early experience on Betfair? Because I know for me, one of the things that I was doing is, and it sounds reckless, you know, that I put my money into my um, my Betfair account, but I didn't use it all. I was I was only using a part of it. Um, but one of the things that I, looking back now, I notice is I've always been curious and I've always asked questions. So I wasn't just blindly laying horses. And it doesn't sound like you were doing the same with tennis either, just blindly backing people. I was actually looking at how that horse ran. So I was trying to get data and I was trying to get information on that horse and going, well, 
how do they look like to win this race? Is there somebody that's going to beat them? How are they going to beat them? How does that horse look going into, into the race, you know, on the first show when they show them, does that horse look like a nutter? You know, is he really, really het up about this race? Is he not looking forward to it? Can you tell that? Has he got blinkers on and he's still going crazy? So I was looking at those kind of things and that just opened up a whole world of opportunity to me. You know, I was watching the show Billions on Sky and um, Bobby Axelrod, played by Damien Lewis, a great actor. I mean, Bobby Axelrod's like my hero anyway. He wears like shorts and a hoodie all the time. That's like me. And he's also ginger. But he mentioned that he saw the numbers on the stock exchange. I know it's a bit fictional, but he saw the numbers and they made sense. It was the exact same for me. It was like the first time in my life that maths and numbers had actually made sense. And I could really get stuck into it. And then I did. And I've got a very, very obsessive personality. So if I am into something, I am in, like, and I'm finding out everything I need to know about that. And I will go deep. I am effectively like a pig in you know what rolling around just having so much fun and that that was like my first experience with Betfair those horses and then it just led me down the rabbit hole of the Betfair forum and finding out more and more about trading so Martin do you looking back now is there any sort of like epiphany moments or ah that yeah, I still do that now, or that has enabled me to be successful? Well, I think for me, so obviously from what I've told you already, my big, big problems were bankroll management and chasing losses, right? They were the two things that I did that were terrible. But, the, but, on, but on the kind of flip side of that, the way I built up my bankrolls to those thousands and thousands of pounds was through having a talent to be able to pick the winner of these matches you know, I had this ability, I did the research, like you, I was very much into looking at the previous stats and looking at all this stuff and then going, okay, who do I think will win? Is the price of value price? I was very aware of that stuff early on. And I think what kept me going through the losses and through the tough times, the tough first few years that I had, um, was the fact that I knew there's a good trader in there, right? There's a good trader in there somewhere. And there's a trader who's who's able to turn hundred pounds into 10 grand, right? So therefore, there's talent there. There's something there. There's kind of lightning in a bottle. And I've got to work out how to kind of control the bankroll management side of things and the chasing the losses, just eliminate and eradicate that. And then I'll be able to push on because what I'm doing, you know, like you said, it's kind of, it almost felt like this was the most natural career that I'd followed. You know, I had a passion for it. I loved it. It got me excited. It got me up early in the morning. You know, I'd get up at 6am sometime just to go and look at stats. That was, that was how passionate I was about studying these things. And that's something that's never left me. I've always had that passion. And I always think when people say, um, you know, I'm not feeling the passion, I always think, just take a week off, do, you know, totally remove yourself and then come back and you'll see whether you still have that passion. Because if I have two or three days off, I'm chomping at the bit to get back in and look at those statistics. You know, even if I'm not doing many trades, like, you know, with the football over the summer where there hasn't been a ton of trading available, 
I'm still loving looking at the stats. I'm going back, I'm studying, you know, um, the Excel data that I've had for the last few months that I haven't caught up with. I'm catching up with all that stuff. So there's kind of a lot of things there that, that I did in the early days that I keep coming back to. And I think for traders, it's so important to kind of have that love and that passion for what you do. Um, and I think, I think the reason that, you know, you guys, the members, even people who aren't members who are listening to this, the reason you're involved with this is you've got the passion for it because it is a niche thing. You know, trading on Betfair, you ask the average person on the street and not many people still know what it is. So I feel like so many people have that. And I see, I see so many guys, you know, so many traders on the forum and they make the same mistakes I did a lot of them when they first start. And you see a good trader in there. And that's why I always get sad when some, if someone leaves after a couple of months and I think you haven't really ever given yourself the chance to see whether you can make it at trading. Mm. But then on the flip side, I get so excited when I see guys like John and Keith who are realistic and go, it's not a two-month flash-in-the-pan thing. This is a career. Therefore, I'm going to give myself one to two years. I'm going to take it gradually. I'm not going to throw loads of money at it. I'm going to learn, build up my stakes, use small stakes to start with. There's a uh, If you type into Google, guys, if you've had any of the issues I had, bankroll and bet staking, you can put Betfair Trading Community as well, but I think all you need to put in is bankroll and bet staking. And what will come up is a fantastic article I did on this. And the reason I say it's fantastic is that I put so much work into this article and it's something that I struggle with. So what I did was I researched all the best advice and ideas and things that I'd learned over the years about how to control your staking and your bankroll management so that you made sure you didn't lose it, so that you made sure you weren't risking more than you needed to uh, each time so really if you've had any of those issues i'd really strongly advise you to go and search that article out maybe ryan when we put up the tweet we could we could tag that in the tweet that, uh, mm -hmm. post um if you want to tweet us of course we mention this every time but it's at betfair tc well there's um, yeah. just i'm just going to jump in there quickly while we're on that martin and just say to you guys would if we were to put something together for this podcast so one of the things that me and Martin were chatting about before we did this podcast, and we're always trying to move BTC forward. We want it to be the best. If we was to put together like some show notes for the show, um, we could send you them on a download. Would that be beneficial? And also, if we were to put together like an action guide that you could download from these shows, would that be beneficial? If it would be, then just email info at betfairtradingcommunity.com and let us know. Or you can tweet us at betfairtc. Because I think, you know, you've mentioned it there, Martin. You've mentioned some really, really, really good takeaways from this episode and the previous episodes that we've recorded. So I wonder if you guys would want like a downloadable PDF where we've just highlighted some of these resources or we've given you some action items to see if they would help. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I think that stuff is so good. You know, we get we get people emailing us all the time telling us how much we love the podcast. So anything more we can do to help you guys is brilliant. Um, mm. Ryan, I'm just thinking, is there anything kind of over the years that has maybe changed with you with your Betfair trading experience or, um, yeah, just anything that's happened that, or any kind of way that you've changed? 
Oh, now that is a really good question because that makes me, I like questions like this because it makes me look back. And Steve Jobs says, it's only by looking back, can you connect the dots? And I know that a lot of people focus on moving forward and, and we need to do that. But I think by looking back, you can look at the mistakes in which you made and then you can rep- you not replicate them. You can, you can replicate those situations and try and make better choices. I think I've changed because I've gone, I've tried to get things more simple. So one of the things that I've done over the years is I've looked at my successful days trading and my successful days in life and gone, what made that a success? So this is probably actually, we could do a whole episode on this. This is like, what does success look like for you, Martin? And then for me, because what I've done there is I've looked at What made those trades a successful trade? And it wasn't just a successful in terms of it was green screen. It was what did I follow the plan? Did I execute on my plan? Did I do the research the right way? And then looked at that. And I've just tried to optimize that process. And then that's given me clarity. It's told me what I need to focus on. And it's got rid of a lot of the, you know, the fog that you get, like, am I actually doing this right? Is this the way I should be going? Is this the way I should be trading? And I, you know, I've sought people out to ask that question. And I think that's key as well. That's, that's one of the things that I've learned over the years is to ask people is what I'm doing right. And then listening to their opinion, because it doesn't mean to say that I'm going to follow exactly what they're saying, but just to get that unemotional, unabridged, sort of did that come up the phone call yeah i heard that yeah yeah okay so i will just tweak that then so i will go with i'll just do that a bit again so yeah what i've learned over the years is by you know steve jobs says it's only by looking back can we connect the dots and that's what i've started to do so i've looked back and connected the dots and looked at what success actually looks like and we could do an episode perhaps maybe this would be a good episode for me to for me and you to just sort of talk about what success looks like for us um but i've looked at what successful trades look like so not just you know did i get a profitable result but also did i was my mindset successful did i follow my trading plan did i follow the rules in which i set for my trade did i research that trade the right way did i do all of those things that lead to success because What I found is by looking at my successful trades, I can pick apart why they were successful. And nine out of 10 times, it had very little to do, to be honest, with the actual, like the the, the trade. It was everything that led up to the trade. So my research, the way that I conducted myself during that trade, leading up to that trade and doing the trade and following that, um, that to the letter, following my plan. You know, I think it was somebody on the community that said a a perfect strategy with a bad mindset will never, ever outperform an okay strategy with a solid mindset. I think it was Lee, actually, who said this. And I totally agree. You know, we spoke about lay the draw in these episodes. Lay the draw isn't a sexy strategy, but if you execute it right, it will give you a very sexy result. Like, it just will. So, yeah, for me, that's... 
that's sort of my takeaway from it is looking back at when you were successful and trying to replicate that. So, because success leaves clues, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? That, you know, we've got to, we've got to always be thinking about these kinds of things when we're trading and what can we do to improve? And like I say about that thing of you, if there's a good trader in there, you know, and I think so many of you guys listening will probably feel that, you know, you've seen your, your moments of talent, your moments of greatness in trading, and you can go, there's something in there. What I need to do, and what, like what Ryan's saying, is I need to be able to extract that success um, and make sure that that's what, what I'm focusing on, uh, you know, for the long term. And that's kind of, kind of my kind of opinions on this, Ryan. Have you got anything else to add? No, I think I completely agree with you. You know, success leaves clues. If you've done, if you've done one profitable trade, you can do it again. So I think that's a great place to leave this episode. You know, by trading is about self-reflection. You know, you will reflect on yourself more trading on Betfair than most other things, and it will take you down a path if you let it that will bring you a lot of success and you are 100% right and you put it so eloquently as well where you've got to there is a profitable trader in there and you've just got to find him so I think that's a great place for us to to leave this episode and just say to you to you guys why don't you just literally look at some of your profitable trades and just start unpacking them think about what you did right and what you did wrong so Guys, we have given you so much in that episode. Um, We've really opened up. So it'd be really, really beneficial for us if you do want these action guides, if you do want us to put together an action guide for you, um, then let us know. You can email us info at betfairtradingcommunity.com or you can tweet us at betfairtc and let us know about that. So Martin, thank you very much for jumping on the podcast with me today. Thanks, Ryan. Great to be on it.